welcome to the Women's Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. I'm Melissa Freidenberg, financial advisor. We dive deep into topics like work-life balance, financial planning, personal growth, and the intricacies of the sandwich generation. Tune in for money conversations that every woman needs to have. Hello and welcome to the Women's Money Wisdom Podcast. This is Melissa Freidenberg today, and we have a remarkable guest who is on a mission to empower women in the ever-evolving professional landscape. I am so excited to welcome Linda Olenichak to the Women's Money Wisdom Podcast. We're so happy you're here, Linda. Thank you so much and Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you as well. This is the perfect time to have this conversation. Everybody's just, you know, getting their life in order or thinking they should. This is a great way for people that maybe are thinking about changes this year um, when it comes to their career, at least preparing for the possibility. Right. Linda is the owner of Phases Career Services. She brings over 25 years of experience in human resources, coupled with a deep understanding of marketing. Linda is committed to helping women stand out by crafting resumes that not only highlight their unique skills and achievements, but also align with their career aspirations. Linda emphasizes the importance of staying current with job search strategies, developing a professional brand, and networking effectively. Linda's interactive approach fosters an environment, engages, and motivates her clients, enabling them to discover their true worth. She's a self-driven, critical thinker who firmly believes that change is good and that failure is an invaluable teacher. I love that you focus on women. Can you tell me a little bit about what inspired you to focus on providing career advice to women specifically? Yeah. Um, When you're in human resources, probably just like in your business, you get the calls and questions from your family and friends about your industry. And it's always, can you look at my resume? Could you take a look at my friend's resume? I haven't looked at it for 10 years. I haven't done this in 10 years, 15 years. And And I always um, said yes and helped them out and brought them to the next stage in their next phase in their career. But I also sensed a lot of fear in people, Uh, that fear of, I haven't looked at it in 20 years, or it's in a banker's box in my basement. I don't even have an electronic version. What is LinkedIn? Like so many fearful comments come out and lack of confidence. And more than likely... And do you feel like that's more so with women? 100%. Because their mind is thinking, if you have a family of four, they're thinking for four people. And I just think (laughs) confidence is something, especially when it comes to professional confidence. And I I hate to admit this. Obviously, I I, Mm -hmm. I love helping women, uplifting them, promoting them. But I do feel like confidence professionally is harder to come by. For sure. And I think they feel embarrassed, too. Like maybe they should have done more or they didn't do enough or I should be able to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. I, again, asking for help, asking for support. And it's okay. You're the expert in your lane, in your field. I'm the expert in this area and we should help each other. And you shouldn't be the expert in every field. No. I mean, there's no need for that. Right. And perfection isn't going to win you any race. It's just kind of gets toxic if you try to be too perfect in everything you do. Yeah. So reach out and utilize those people in your community to help you in the area that they can uh, have that expertise and, you know, take you to the next level. I love that. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Like what prepared you in your career to kind of help with resume and career searches? Right. Well, I uh, attended CMU and I have a journalism background. So obviously that was uh, 
part of it. And then I worked for a large organization um, that I developed the human resources department from the ground up. So a lot of times when you're in a family run business, the controller is the HR person because they know the payroll. And that was, that's HR, but times have changed and there's a lot of compliance uh, laws. I just listened to a webinar this morning on current legislations in just the state of Michigan that are going to probably come and pass this year. And employers need to know these things. And that's why HR is so important. Even if you're a small business owner to stay compliant, um, you need to know what's happening in the industry. So I developed that HR department for that large large organization. From there, I went into uh, running four offices for a global staffing industry. In between there, I got a master's in human resources back at Central Michigan University, and it just became my passion. And I'm it's something I'm good at. So I like I, that. I stuck to it, and then this has just evolved from all of those pieces. And just as you mentioned, you have people, family members, because of your experience, reaching out to you mm-hmm. to review resumes 100%. and then thinking, <laughs> you know, there's a need for this, obviously. And we know each other from the Gross Point Working Moms right. group here right. in Gross Point, And there's weekly questions yes. about um, they dislike their job. They're disappointed in things and how things are going at work. They forget the point in time when they love that job and why they took that job. Because they're focused on, like we said earlier, all the negativity that's going on right now. And it's depressing, right? So part of my um, coaching when I work with someone is a couple homework assignments. Yes, I'm sorry, but you will have a little bit of homework. So people are going to pay you to give them homework. Yes. Is that how it works? Yes. I love it. But they're going to come out of it realizing all their successes, all the things that they should be celebrating all the things that they achieved, all the outcomes and input that they put into that organization and why they're such a valuable candidate for that next job. And I think that's so important to do because when you're feeling bad in your current job, mm-hmm. whether communication is broken down or you've been mistreated, which I think happens a lot, or just undervalued or made to do things that aren't really in your right. job description, like that it really starts to eat away at your confidence mm-hmm. in you're your right. own job performance. So by doing that homework to really kind of build that back up, mm-hmm. I think that's so awesome that you do that. And, and people can also not just in the a job that's ran its course, but possibly they have gaps. I know uh, you and I talk about gaps in employment and, you know, that can really scare people. How do I explain this? I'm so nervous. How do I even write a resume when I haven't worked for 10 years, three months? Yeah. I had to take a leave. Let's get right into that because yeah. I, I think we'll go back to kind of some of the key elements in the resume, but let's talk first about if there is a gap. So I also, I work with a lot of women post-divorce who maybe stayed at home or worked part-time and they mm-hmm. didn't left their career. How do you handle that as far as in a formal resume? Well, in, in resume gaps, it's in, I like to rephrase it as life happens, right? Mm-hmm. Nine out of 10 people have a gap and life experiences happen. They can be positive life experiences. A lot of times we, again, right, where our mindset goes right to that negative and it doesn't have to be a negative, but what you have to do is don't let the hiring manager or that recruiter get the option of forming their own opinion on that gap. So explain exactly. Right. Be transparent, be strategic, be brief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and where there's different types of resumes, you can have a chronological one, which someone who's worked 25 years has no gaps. Great. Perfect. Right. Start reverse order with your current job. But someone who has those big gaps for whatever life experience uh, through you, 
you could do a functional resume, which just uh, focuses on your areas of expertise. So you don't have to do it in the timeline version? Right. You don't necessarily have to do the timeline version. But if you choose to do the timeline version, we can put it in there and say personal leave from this date to this date. And there's always ways to explain it. So when when you're a hiring manager and you see that somebody doesn't do the chronological, like from this date to this date, does that, that doesn't cause a red flag? Or They're more interested in the cause of the gap or the reason for the gap than the actual lapse in time mm-hmm. and why you weren't working or where, where were you and why this gap and, you know, gap of time. So okay. the lapse isn't disturbing to recruiters. And I think more than ever. I mean, now's the time to go out there. Like, no one really cares anymore. You know, the, right. the perf- that cookie cutter um, A to Z has to look like this. And if you don't look like that, we're not going to make you a great candidate. That's kind of really gone to the wayside. I mean, again, one of the things that came out of the pandemic was that, right? Work from home, flexible work, work-life balance. These gaps can be explained. Yeah. Is it's, there anything you shouldn't say in an interview or if your gap was caused by? Yes. And you can, and I can coach people on their interview skills. You've got to practice. Okay. And so have an answer ready right, for that question. You have to practice. I don't, if you stand in front of a mirror, record yourself on your phone, but you have to practice and be prepared. Okay. And part of my homework um, that I give you for creating your bullets on your resume will a- a- actually end up being your interview prep. It's like you're rehearsing for your play, your Broadway play, because you're going to read it so many times that it, you will not hesitate in that interview. I love that. I know I do a lot of webinars Mm -hmm. and um, presentations Mm -hmm. and I do find that my best presentations are when I've rehearsed in the mirror, because sometimes in your mind, it's like a lot smoother or you write it down and you think you're going to say it a certain way, Mm -hmm. but until you hit record and watch it back on your phone or look at yourself in the mirror, it's a lot different, right? Well, I always say, avoid the details. Stick to the facts, um, what happened during the gap, what you did during the gap, and then express that enthusiasm for getting back into the workplace. And if you become uncomfortable in, you know, I have actual uh, verbiage I can give people, but again, be brief, don't overshare. And if you become uncomfortable in, in, you can decline answering the question and you can say, I prefer not to go into this anymore and I'd like to move on to sharing my experience and how I think it's a fit for this company in this role. That's interesting. Okay. You know, and of course, you don't want to go into too many things because you can start hitting HIPAA laws and ADA and, you know, then it's just like an illegal interview. Because we sort of know each other from the Working Moms Club, Mm -hmm. I think this is something that comes up from time to time. Can they ask you about your kids, like how old they are? No, they should not legally. It's not a question they should ask. So if you feel like your interviewer is kind of fishing to see if you're going to need to go mm-hmm. pick up Billy from school because he's got the stomach bug, which we all know is right, right, happens, right? right, right. And it's usually the moms that are right. the ones that are going to go do it. How do you get out of that without sounding rude? You can say, well, I would like to stick to our experience, my experience in your job uh, description or job posting. And I don't see how this is relevant. Okay. You know, you can just brief, short and to the point. And I think it's, easy for us. And it takes a lot of um, meditation or growth mindset to remember you're there for a professional reason. Yeah. You're not there personally. You're not going to be their best friend. You might not make any friends. You're there for a job. Maybe you're working remotely. So the coffee talk and the water cooler talk doesn't really matter. 
So you stick to professional points, professional views, professional topics. And I always tell or coach, you're uh, in an interview, you're a witness on a witness stand. Answer what they asked you. Okay. Don't be nervous. Just stick to what they asked you and don't elaborate. When I get nervous, I chatter. Right. So I totally do that. I'm like thinking about that right now. I mean, and silence is golden. Like, don't feel like you have to fill that void. Take it around and bring it back to a professional level too. Okay. Because, you know, they should have a set of questions that they're asking each candidate. Um, And they certainly don't want to get into anything, even on a, you know, so far as a drug screener background check. Like they stay out of that. There's a medical review officer at the facility that's doing it. And they'll let you know if the level that this person has in their background check or drug screening is a level that's normal for a prescription drug. Okay. You know, so the interviewer and the hiring manager and the recruiter should stay out of any of those things. Interesting. It should stick to the job, the skills, the achievements, the organization's missions, values, and goals. Whether or not there's a gap, Mm -hmm. if you are, like you mentioned in the beginning, somebody who has not visited there, I mean, (laughs) I was definitely fresh out of college last time I did a resume. Um, Getting that banker's box out of the basement. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I don't even know if it's on a thumb drive. I don't think thumb drives existed when I did mine, but I do not have a resume right now. Personally, myself, I would be starting from scratch. What What is the first step? Well, um, and part of the reason, you know, when we were in our, we talked about our Facebook group is I posted some do's and don'ts, which is keep it, you know, to keep it simple for people and take out that fear. And we're going to link that too. Yeah. And I highlighted just a few of them for our conversation right now. So of course, use a professional font, um, a simple bullet point format. You know, you can, um, you're doing most of this electronically now. You're uploading it. So you don't have to worry about going to Kinko's and yeah. <laughs> getting blue paper or whatever, you know, color ivory paper you want. Um, you might need a LinkedIn profile. More than likely, if you haven't done your resume in a couple decades, you might not have even thought to put together a LinkedIn profile. So it's nice to do them simultaneously. You put the information in one, copy and paste it, bring it over to the other. Or maybe you were forced to create a LinkedIn profile by your company. And you just put your name and your company name and that's it. Just but you should judge it up. But before. we need to get the rest of the information in there because that LinkedIn pro- profile isn't for your company. It's for you and your personal brand. But we'll get into that okay. later. Uh, I know we have some more information about LinkedIn as a powerful yeah. platform. Um, remove employment dates older than 15 and 20 years. Do not put those references on there. <laughs> you don't need to put your three references of, yeah. that you used to have to put on there. Uh, if asked for, you can supply them. And more than likely, most um, organizations are going to have you fill out an application anyways, just for their compliance. Heard though, with references, they can only call and really verify that you are employed, right? Correct. Or why you were termed. They can't. Correct. And they ask if you quit or were fired? Or- they usually have that on the application. So they can ask the dates of employment, the reason for leaving. And they can also ask uh, salaries. Uh, so they can ask those questions, but more than likely, they're utilizing a third-party service that's just verifying everybody and make it up. Right. Okay. Right. So it's not that recruiter or that hiring manager. They're just waiting to get the report back from that third party that says, yes, this is all true. Okay. Yes. But don't include any pictures of yourself, no personal identifications, no social numbers, no uh, gender, age, ethnicity, 
have a professional email. And I don't mean you have to go and have a company in an LLC. Just don't have a shared email with your entire family or make sure your kid hasn't changed the name of your Gmail account for his YouTube channel. And it comes up as Fuzzy Llama or something at gmail.com. Yeah. So, so if it's like first name, last name at Gmail, that's yes. professional enough. Right. But if it's like Fuzzy Slippers. Right. The Smith family. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Go Blue or whatever. <laughs> um, keep it unidentifiable, right? But it's also great. Just they're free, right? Gmail accounts. Create one that you're just using for your job search. It'll keep it clean. So it doesn't get buried in all the shopping coupons. Exactly. And, yeah. and you're the only one accessing it. So you don't miss anything and always check that spam folder too in, in that new email that you're creating. Um, don't lie, of course, about your skills and certifications or experience. Add them on. If you have them, you've probably gained them in the last 20 years. Again, with your education section, um, take away the dates of your college education unless it's been in the last five years. So, but still put your college education, but don't put like year of graduation. Yeah, put your college education and what degree you earned. And possibly you didn't go in the university or college route. So maybe you have other certification programs that you did. So make sure they're listed. Um, And I always say you don't have to uh, list that street address anymore. Now that we're digital nomads, we can work from anywhere. So you could put your name Uh, Your certification, if you have a license, you know, CPA or what have you, you can put just your state, your LinkedIn account and um, access to an email and a phone number. Interesting. And also now for personal reasons, security reasons, women probably should stop putting their street addresses and identifying information on there. You just don't know who you're encountering or scams. Okay. You know, there's a lot of um, employment scams out there. People think they're getting legitimate work from home jobs. And, and they're, they're just not. getting right. their information stolen. Right. That's so scary. It is. It is. Yes. So let's talk a little bit. I'm going to bounce to this age of technology. How can women leverage tools like ChatGPT or any kind of AI driven platform mm-hmm. to assist in Resumes, cover letters. All of the above. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> what else do we need? Things that we yeah. know we need. Interview questions. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So I love AI. I don't know if you use it every day in your industry. I use it every day, multiple times a day. I think it's um, the advantages to it. It's time efficient, right? It makes right. efficiency. It To me, it's the ultimate thought starter. Yes. You know, you sometimes you just need to gather your thoughts. So I think AI 100% all the way, but you have to do it properly. So it, it, it helps you be efficient. It gives you word optimization. But you, again, I, I say it's that thought starter, but you have to have that human touch. That so you can't input. just type into chat GPT, like write me a resume right. for a bank. Right. And there's hundreds of thousands of uh, resume builders out there. And my friend is a, a recruiter and she said, yeah, I can tell right away if it's a completely 100% generated AI resume because it looks like five other ones she's gotten for that same position. So how do you, so you, so you get some ideas, you get a thought starter, then how do you make it not look like it was just an AI generated resume? Well, what you want to do is customize it, obviously. And when I say word optimization... Um, it helps you be clear and concise. So it might take like if you have a bullet that's five sentences, could you make this bullet more concise in, and, and put it in there? And it'll generate a couple answers for you. So another way you can take your job posting or the job description 
put it in there and say, give me 10 keywords. Okay. So now, you know, I should filter those keywords into my resume or my cover letter. Don't be afraid of it. Employers have been using AI in their applicant tracking systems. So they're using it. You should use it. But like we said earlier, you know, there are some limitations to it. It's not personal. There's no storytelling. You're not identifying yourself or or making yourself any different than the next person. And in some instances, it can be unethical, right? You want to make sure that you're not taking, I'm not taking your bullet item from there. Or And sometimes you have to really read it. It can be wrong. That is the problem with AI. I've seen that as well. Right. But use it in, in small doses. Get your mind going, right? Don't sit down and not be afraid to try it. Sign up for one that you find is user-friendly. Talk to your friends. See which ones they're using. Have them demo it for you. I can demo it for you. Um, human resources are using it to write those job descriptions. Right. So they right? can't really get mad at you for writing your job right. response. But, <laughs> right. But make sure you tailor it. Go in and put that human touch again, like I said. Go in and st- tell your story. Yeah. So when you're talking about telling a story, you're really doing that in the cover letter, not in the resume. You can kind of do it in both. I think uh, the cover letter is an awesome place to start. And I also have a a unique look at cover letters. It's not your, um, you know, with that 20-year-old resume, was that 20-year-old cover letter that said, hi, I'm applying to the job that I found in the Detroit I would like to apply for the job (laughs) of financial advisor at such and such. So So that's not how you do it anymore? I have a different take on it. Now, other people might do it that way still, but I have a take where you need to be empathetic to the recruiting manager. Okay. And I teach you how to do that. And also, it's a whole nother page to put some more information out there about why you're the best fit. Okay. So you're going to promote yourself. You're going to promote yourself, but you're going to promote your skills and achievements and your outcomes and your impact on how it would relate to that job. So it gives you a two-page resume without a two-page resume. So that's another question. Your your actual resume, unless you're like 85 and have worked at 20 <laughs> different places, should be one page. One page. One page if, um, if we can do it. And some you know industries are different. Say if you're academic, engineering, project management, you might have patents, you might have white papers you've written. So you might have a whole list of achievements that you and I don't need to put on there because we don't have that. Right. But in certain industries, it's the norm. And they might even have um, a much longer, they call it the CV. So instead of a resume, but that's the norm in those industries, because these people have all these written things, or if they're a PhD, they probably have published a million different things. So those are exceptions. Um, Yeah, very much so. All of us should probably stick to a one pager, um, one column. So that's like, you know, what you normally would look at on a a eight half by 11 page, two columns at the most. So when I say two columns, it means maybe the bulk of it is on one side. And then you have maybe on a small right hand side column with skills or achievements or honors or things like that. But I wouldn't go any more than two columns. Yeah, you don't want to miss out on a job because you have like too many columns. Right. Now, you mentioned LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and that you should have a LinkedIn profile. Do you feel like LinkedIn is a good platform if you're looking for jobs? 100%. I think it is. There is um, the basic model, free. You can't beat it. You can put it on your phone, which means you can never like not be without the, ident- the notifiers and um, you can always, you could be out and about and you'd be like, oh, I just met you at 
the coffee shop. So I'm going to link in with her and connect. So it's a great tool to have and a great resource. Uh, It's a powerful platform for sure. I think, but you have to, again, like my homework I give you, you have to use it. Yeah. So it's your personal brand. We talked about that. It's not your company's brand. You might list the company there, but it's not for them. It's for you, your personal brand. So keep your page updated. Post. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to get out there Yes. into other people's feed is by posting. And you can post um, something you read that was interesting. I could repost yours. You could repost mine. Just post. Yeah. So you stay up in that algorithm and that feed. So we should take a picture before this interview is over and I'll post it on my LinkedIn Perfect. and tag and then you. I'll do it. Yes. <laughs> and then you can comment. You know, I can comment on yours. You comment on mine. Connect. You can go up and search. And let's say your industry is banking. So you go up to the search bar, put the word banking, put the word pe- click people mm-hmm. or job postings or posts. All of those are ways to search your industry. And then just start connecting with people. Like if they went to your college exactly. or from Oaks Point or they know friends that you know. Yeah. Yeah. So start connecting with people. If there's organizations that you hope to work at, follow them, get in there and follow them, follow people that are working for that organization and like other people's posts, but like, comment and share. Really, you have to use it. Set aside 15 minutes every morning and do something. Yeah, LinkedIn, I'm I'm big on social media, but LinkedIn is probably my least uh, active one. Right. And I find it to be a bit spammy. Everybody wants to connect. People mm-hmm. who are coaches, they want to give me leads for like, right. you know, and it's just like, right. I want to buy leads. Like, I'm just trying to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there, that sort of turned me off to LinkedIn. And, and funny story, I was like, I should start using it more to promote the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I get these, you know, do you want to try premium for free for 30 days? So I hit yes. Now, apparently I toggled something off that said I was open to work. Don't check LinkedIn very often. I was sitting there like, I don't know, maybe New Year's Eve as I'm like having, you know, just trying to avoid my teenagers who all have <laughs> friends over. And I'm like, why do I have 500 like inbox things oh, no. on my LinkedIn? And it's all like, hey, we want like just recruiters everywhere. Oh. Like, Are you interested? I immediately like texted the owner of Pearl Planning. And I was like, Hey, I just want you to know I did this accidentally. Like, I don't know if you've looked at my profile because she's on LinkedIn all the time. I was like, I don't know what I hit. But my point being that like, if you're using LinkedIn and you know, you want to get a different job, doesn't that open you up to like your current employer seeing that? Like, how do you handle that? Well, the job searching won't come across on their end. And sometimes you're not even connected to your employers, like the people, uh, your current manager or hiring managers or recruiters in your organization. But there are ways to, if you are connected with them, there are ways to block your searches and block your activity. Okay. Yeah. And one person that's um, great at LinkedIn is, uh, you could should everybody should follow her, is Brenda Meller. It's M-E-L-L-E-R. Brenda Meller. And okay. she has a great book on it on your LinkedIn profile. And she is the guru when it comes to LinkedIn. Okay. But yes, there is tons of different ways to use it and stay safe. And when you're starting that resume, it's just a great uh, way to look at, hey, what jobs are out there? What could I possibly be, be interested in before you really take the plunge? And grab some of those keywords, right? Give you some thought starters. And have it in your profile. Right. And start using it for um, that next step. 
of writing that real great resume that you haven't done in 20 years. So now let, I'm going off, I'm going off the questions real quick. Cause this is a question that I have. I will say when I'm looking on LinkedIn, I see people's profile pictures. And if it's like Christmas picture with their family and they've just cropped everybody else out, it like, it gives me the ick. Uh, and I'm not a hiring manager, but I feel like professional headshot, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Great point. Uh, professional headshot. They also give you the chance to do the the panel up above your headshot. And nowadays with technology and phones that we have, the your computer, you can get a very decent professional headshot without hiring someone. And like an AI headshot? You could. Okay. You could. It will it could take you with your uh you know, your college t-shirt on, but then go put a professional suit on you. That's what some of the AI headshots can do. But also, um, you know, your, your iPhone can do amazing things. So go outside in nature and see a couple of headshots that you like and try and pose yourself in the same manner. So it doesn't have to be like spending hundreds of dollars for a photographer and makeup and hair. Again, plan and prepare, right? Dress appropriately, put on some makeup, you don't have to go crazy. Don't go buy new new clothing. Just have something with a collar, minimal jewelry, and you'll look great. Yeah. But plan and prepare. If you see that the chamber's doing it, run over there and do it. Yeah. Well, that's a good that's a good advice. So good professional picture in your LinkedIn, no picture on the resume. Correct. All right. I'm taking notes here. <laughs> <laughs> this is great information. I'm so excited about this. All right. Now we've talked a little bit about how things have changed with one of the things that I feel like has been different since the pandemic is the new work from home opportunities that are available. And especially for women, mothers, this is a great opportunity. You spend less time commuting, Mm -hmm. more flexibility. So if I'm somebody looking for a job and I specifically want to look for work from home opportunities, are there any specific strategies you would recommend? Well, I, I agree with you. This is the time. Like we talked about it earlier digital nomads, which means work from home, work in different countries, go travel the world. I mean, you have to let your employer know though. <laughs> because you can't you're, pretend that you're no. in the office. I mean, after the pandemic, believe it or not, a lot of HR managers realized their employees had moved, not only out of state, but out of country. So number one, yes, there are ways to do it, but let your employer know because if you're in a, established in a new state, they might have to pay uh, and file as an employer in that state or that country or get visas. So let your employer know. But yes, there's a ton of ways to do this. Um, identify those remote friendly industries. Let's start there. So customer support, uh, the design industry, graphic arts, digital marketing, uh, of course, tech, HR even, right? Finance. You can do any yeah. of these legal. There's a lot of things you can do from home, especially with the technology that they'll set you up with. But there's particular job boards and websites that are just for remote jobs. Really? And you can also see the notation in job postings. Is this job remote? I mean, it's a top question now on LinkedIn and Indeed. It's right at the top because people just don't want to go to the bottom if it's not. And maybe we could share some of the boards for mm -hmm. that. One of those to you, remote, okay, flex jobs, we work remotely, or just a few that come to mind. Now, do you feel like there's a little bit more, um, I think you mentioned like with the spammy or like, made up jobs? How do you decipher if it's a... You definitely have to do your research. Um, again, going back into, you know, the old cybersecurity, right? You want to look at the top, at the the line of that web that website. 
and look at that website. Is that a picture of a high school in your community saying that that's like their job, their company? Yes, that would right? be a dead giveaway. Right. So, I mean, I know you're exhausted, you're tired of the job search, but you got to stay on your toes. Yeah. You want to, you know, put two and two together. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. If it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Um, there's a lot of ways to do it, and I'll put some indicators out and we can link it later. But I've known a couple people who have gotten scammed, but typically it's also because of their rush. Yeah. To take the first thing that comes along. And people do that because when they decide they want to leave a job, it's like, get me out of here. Right. Or maybe they got the sound of let go or they got laid off. So time is of the essence. So I'll put some do's and don'ts or things to look for. Yeah. Um, so you don't get scammed. But also, you know, what we were talking about LinkedIn. So have that strong online presence too, right? You have to look like you know what you're doing. Um, you don't want to not be on LinkedIn and they'll say, well, this person wants to work from home, but they're, they don't have any skills. They don't have a digital footprint. Yeah. In remote collaboration tools, you want to make sure that you highlight that you, you know, proficient in teams, proficient in Zoom, whatever it may be that you think this company is going to use or possibly project management software, um, communication platforms. So you might have to do a little research on those. But you're going to want to be able to use these uh, platforms that they're sending you. So like, for instance, maybe there's a a time where they want you to come in the office once a week, once a month, and they have a job, um, excuse me, a desk reservation app that they want you to download. And it's your personal cell phone, and you need to put it on there and be able to use these. You want to be able to know how to do these things. So you can't just fake it because it's going to come to light really quickly if you don't know how to use Teams, Zoom, all the rest of the platforms out there. So you really have to know your stuff. And whether you've taken, uh, you've been doing it at your last job because you were work from home or you need to research it, go and do it so you can thrive in that environment. And also set yourself up for success. Have a location in your home, you know, a distraction-free place to work. And it's dedicated to just you because it's And use that space for the virtual interview for that job. Yes. (laughs) Don't be at your kitchen counter with kids like eating dinner next to you. Or your dog barking. And my dog is such a stater that he'll be quiet all day. And I'll have this until somebody arrives on a Zoom and he thinks they're in our home and he just goes bananas. So... Tips to anybody that doesn't work from home regularly, that if you are going to do an interview, even if your dog seems like in a deep sleep, just put them in a different room. <laughs> with a treat. Yes. With some with a bowl of food and a treat and just go into the other side of the house. But yeah. Talk to me about networking. Okay. If you're looking for career growth, what advice do you have for women looking to build a strong network? Don't be afraid. It's easier said than done, I know, but don't be afraid. So for instance, this is a perfect example, right? We networked through Facebook in a working moms group. Yeah. And and I feel like I've known you for years. I know. I'm like new besties. Right. You 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 commented on my do's and don'ts for resumes. We messaged each other and here we are. Yeah. And had I not taken that chance, we wouldn't be here today. So it was pain free, right? Right. It just take the risk. I think they're are intimidated. No. Like, what if they don't message yeah. me back? Right. What and if I they think don't comment? You, you also have to look at your industry. So every industry should have an association, a conference, a newsletter, 
trade publications get involved, whether it's uh, signing up for a free newsletter, a free email alerts from that association. Maybe you don't have the money to join it right now or go to a conference. There is so much free content. Yeah. You just have to Google it. Google it. Go to Pinterest even has free contact. LinkedIn. Get out there. Create your own network if you want to. If you are, say, in the mortgage industry and you know so many people in that same industry, create your own group. Go to coffee once a quarter. That's a great idea. You know, I did that with a few people and we they're in other states, but we met at a conference and we just gelled. So we meet once a quarter virtually. Yeah. So you can create your own networks too. Find a mentor, someone that you maybe worked with at a former company or even at a current company and say, hey, I'm trying to boost my career and I find what you did in your your path amazing. Could you mentor me? Especially women want to help other right. women. And, or become the ment- the person who mentors someone. It brings a lot more. Your knowledge comes back to you. Yeah. You might, like again, like we always say, we forget about everything great that we did. So, you know, mentor someone or volunteer, um, get on a board. That's a great way. There's um, a couple great sites that I love to. We'll link up later. It's called Share Detroit and Volunteer Match. So both of those have all information about nonprofits that need help. Okay. And it's a great way, again, to network and get out there and up your skills in the same at the same time. And you're showing your skills to other people in a different setting. Right. So you're going to meet different people on that board that might have an opportunity for you down the road. But again, as we said before, and I know I told you you have homework to do, but um, prepare and practice, right? So if you want to, you've been doing all these online things, well, maybe you want to get out of that Facebook group and you want to go in person to something you saw posted in the group. So grab your bestie, grab your colleague. Get that outfit that makes you feel comfortable and confident. Download LinkedIn on your phone and get out there. I love it. You know, and just have a small goal for yourself. I'm going to go to this one a quarter or whatever it may be. And when I'm there, if I meet someone, I can immediately connect with them on my LinkedIn app. Ask open-ended questions. Let these people talk. You don't have to talk. You can just support them and listen. Be an active listener. And when you get comfortable and keep doing it and keep going to different networking things, you're going to have your speech ready of telling them who you are and what you're looking for. So just take baby steps, but just go do it. Set some practical, realistic goals. And again, prepare and practice. I like that. All right. So as we wrap up, what final pieces of advice do you have that you want to share with our listeners, especially women aiming to excel in their career or find a new career? Well, what we've told them so many great things already, um, but I want to just go back to my top five, I guess, would be... Yes, Linda's know, top five tips. <laughs> embrace challenges and learn from the setbacks. Celebrate achievements. Prioritize what's important to you, both professionally and personally, so that you can have that work-life balance. And advocate for yourself. You're going to be your biggest cheerleader. And be professional, not emotional. Oh, that's a tough one for women, I think. It is. Yeah, it is. But I always say, when I'm coaching someone, if your friend told you this story, what would you say back to them? And then say say differently. (laughs) Yes. How would you coach them to get out of that job? Or how would you coach them to do that situation at work? And keep it professional not emotional. It is a job. 
This, yeah. You know, it is just a job. Yes, it pays your bills. Yes, it can be your identity in certain industries. But um, it is a job and you need to keep it professional, keep it that realm of professionalism and take your emotions out of it. Yeah, that's great advice. Now, I do think I, I love this episode because I think there's so many helpful tips. And I just love the whole idea because so often I feel in clients that I work with or just friends, people feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Like they can't get a new job or they can't change careers because they're too old mm-hmm. and it's been too long. So this, I hope, is giving our listeners like at least, even if you're happy in your current job, just knowing that you can make a change and you can get yourself out there and network and find other opportunities, I think is so, especially in the beginning of the year, awesome. So if somebody's listening and they're excited about this and they want to get started, but they really don't know exactly where to start, even after hearing your tips, which were fabulous, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you and find out more about your services? They can email me directly at phases.careers at gmail.com. Okay. And I'm going to link that. And also maybe link your LinkedIn. Can we do that? So people can get ideas and also connect with you there if they're not really ready to reach out specifically for themselves. No, I would love that. Okay, great. I really appreciate your time today, Linda. This has been so awesome. And I just think so helpful to our listeners. I know people are in need of this service. And I love that you're focusing really on women in this space. So thank you so much, Linda Olenichuk. Thank you so much for your time on the Women's Money Wisdom Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Women's Money Wisdom Podcast. If you found value in our conversations, please take a moment to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you're tuning in from. It helps us continue to bring these valuable insights every week. Head over to womensmoneywisdom.com. There you'll find tools, tips, and a supportive community to help you gain financial confidence.